It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful no matter what your question is. If you've got a weird question about your landscape, about your garden, if you've never called anybody on the radio before, it doesn't matter. I've talked to people on the radio, on the telephone. You've talked to people on the telephone before, right? You know how to do it. Ashley Frasca's here screening calls. She's so nice. She's nicer than I am, and I'm really nice. Jason Byers, he's pretty nice. He rarely answers the phone anyway. He just picks our music. We're here to help you be more successful. All you have to do is dial 404-872-0750. Let's clear some of these phones so people can get in here and get out and get done. James is in coming and joins us. James, good morning. Good morning. Hey, James, what's up? Uh, I've got a apple tree out here. It's a wine sap tree. Right. And uh, last year it, it had a good bunch of apples on it, but this year it beats all I've ever seen. It bloomed out. It looked like a snowball out there. Wow. And it's a hanging full of apples, and the tree limbs is going to pump down on the ground oh, all the yeah. way around. And, and apples is about, look like about nearly the size of a baseball now. Yeah. What will I need to do when them apples come off? Cut them limbs back up by halfway, or what do I need to do? I think so. And frankly, for right now, James, my dad would have me out around this time of year taking pieces of two by four and tree limbs and things to prop up the apple limbs in his little orchard. Peaches and apples and pears, too, all get propped up when the limbs start hanging too low. So that's something for you to think about for your apples is propping them up before you harvest. But then, yeah, once you harvest, James, sure, you need to prune when things are cooled off, when it's cold, December, January, maybe. Go ahead and shorten some of those limbs and shape the tree up a little bit better. Take out all the water sprouts in the middle of the tree. They can go away. Any dead limbs, they can go away. So do your pruning when it gets cold. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what I need to do something to them now or not. I didn't know. You, you, you can't even get up to the tree, hardly the limbs of ground, down to the ground. One of the things, James, you might could have done earlier in the year, and I guess you could still do it now, is to thin it a little bit, to prune, to pick out some of those apples back in, usually it's mid-May is about the right time to do it, when the apples are about the size of a ping-pong ball or a little bit smaller. You go and prune or pull out about... Oh, 25% maybe of the apples in the tree. Space consider about four or five inches apart from each other. If you space the apples out like that, you get the best ratio of leaf surface to fruit on the tree. Yeah. And so think about that next May. You think about pruning some of the apples out and uh, put them about four or five inches apart from each other. You get bigger, yeah. better, sweeter apples. Okay. Okay. Well, right. I'll try to do something with them. I don't All know right. Prop them up in the meantime, James. Don't let them fall to the ground. Don't let them crack out the limbs. All right. Thank you. All right, sir. We'll see you soon, James. Thanks for calling. Rick is out in Monroe and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Rick, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Rick? I have, I have some calla lilies, and something is eating the the leaves on the calla lilies. It's not like something's coming in just biting the leaf off. Right. Uh, the stem is left. It's just the leaves are very, very jagged, and some of them are almost completely gone. 
Caterpillar. Check the leaves. I can't find anything on them. I'll, I don't know what's going on. I'll bet you it's a caterpillar. Because that this is a time of year when caterpillar damage shows up on callus, number one. Number two, when you say the edges of the leaves are real jagged, that's caterpillar for most every situation with the jaggedness of the leaves. So that's what I'm going to bet. It's caterpillars. Which one, I'm okay. not sure, but I can tell you how to kill a caterpillar really easily, organically, safely, everything else. For caterpillars, Rick, go to any garden center and say, I need some BT, boy Tom, BT, for caterpillars. And there are several products, Caterpillar Killer, Dipel, Thuricide, just two or three, four. And any garden center will have it and they'll know what you mean. And if you spray this BT onto the calla leaves, when a caterpillar, caterpillar eats the leaf, they immediately stop feeding and die. And it's completely safe for birds and humans and dogs and everybody else. The BT is simply an organic, very effective caterpillar killer. That sounds perfect. Boy, Tom, BT. Just say, hey, man, I need some BT to put on my on my callus, and they'll sell you some and go spray it. Maybe repeat it a couple of times during the summer, Rick. And if you start next year, do it in oh, early June, mid-June maybe. Uh, you won't have any damage at all. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great talking to you, Rick. Thanks for calling. We've got uh, who? Mike down in McDonough, Georgia. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, um, Mike. I broke my arm real bad this early spring, so I didn't get much of a garden this year, just a couple rows of tomatoes, and I have like yeah. 10 rows that are dormant. Yeah. Um, I did a good job of planting ryegrass and clover in the fall, so I had nice two-foot-tall ryegrass that died that was you know, choking out all the leaves and made nice mulch. Yeah. But the crabgrass and Peterson grass and the morning glories are starting to come through and take over. And my question was, for dormant rows, how, how, what do you what do you should you do in the summertime? Is there a summer cover crop, or should I just be weed eating them down to control the weeds, or what should I be doing? Peas work great. Just get some black-eyed peas, any kind of um, a summer pea, uh, Crowder peas, you know, the various kinds of peas you can buy from the garden center, and just plant peas randomly around the garden. And you know how peas grow, they're just these enormous vines that get all over everything in the garden. But peas are legumes, so they enrich the soil. You can cut them down like you do the winter cover crops, cut them down, and, you know, as soon as it gets cold in the wintertime, frankly, they'll freeze down. You just weed whack them then, till them into the soil, or leave it on top of the soil. Either way, it doesn't really matter. And I think peas do a pretty good job in preventing weeds, number one, and enriching the soil with the nitrogen, number two. And peas is what I would use. Peas are easy. Are easy. He tried to make a around there. Do you think the peas will grow thick enough to um, choke out some of the weeds? Yeah, if you plant them thick enough, sure. I mean, not one, okay. one seed every foot or anything like that. One seed every three or four inches would be great. And peas are cheap. If you just Distributing them like you would the clover. Then yeah. any particular kind of peas or anything you got on on sale at the garden center is fine with me. Most any of the long summer peas would do fine. Black-eyed peas, snap peas, even beans might work there. But I do peas. All right, sir. All right, sir. Good talking I to you, Michael. It. We'll see you soon. Bye. We've got let's see, Thomas in Loganville joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Thomas. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. What's going on? I got a. Uh, Japanese maple, about 14, maybe 12, 14 feet high. Got it. Two and a half years ago, I moved it from another location. Okay. And uh, the first year, it, it was it was perfect. Nice green leaves and then turning, you know, the, the deep red in the, in the fall. Got it. And then this year, about the top two, 
I'm looking at it now, two, two and a half feet of the tree. The, the, it's all dead. The tree, the, the mm. leaves never came out. Right. And, you know, I can bend the sticks and it breaks. But the bottom half is beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just wondering what you think that might be. And there's new growth coming from the bottom. and uh, yeah. But the top third of the tree, I'll say, is just just dead. <laughs> you know, if you're, Should if, I trim if, all that if off? If I were a crime detective, I would pretty much always go by the motto that the simplest answer is usually the right answer. The simplest answer is somehow moving the tree did enough damage to the root system that something didn't get quite established enough. And so for one year, the top of the tree looked fine. The next year, the roots still weren't quite enough to keep that top healthy. And that's uh -huh. theory number one, is that transplanting did some damage to the root system. Theory number two, possibly Asian ambrosia beetles. Those beetles will get into crepe myrtles and figs and Japanese maples too. Little toothpicks that you might not see from ground level, but if they're up there in the top of the tree and you see little toothpicks coming out of the trunk of the tree, that's possible that they killed it. It just dies real quickly with Asian ambrosia beetles. One or the other, maybe something I haven't thought of, number three. But anyway, Thomas, eventually, if the, if the bottom of the tree is healthy, one of the limbs that's close to the dead top is going to turn around and start growing up high and become your new, new central trunk. And what you can do if it's not too tall to get a ladder in there to climb up there and see what's going on, is to prune off the side limbs of the dead part of the tree and then take one of the branches that's still healthy and looks pretty good below that point and very, very gradually and, and carefully bend it upward so it just points up rather than out, and it will then become, with your coaching, the new central trunk of the tree. Uh-huh. And so you okay. can do that right this minute, go out with some real wide piece of cloth or some of this real gentle on the bark of the limb that you're trying to bend, and just go up in the tree and bend it upwards, stake it to the existing trunk that you leave behind that's dead, and within a year or so, it'll stay right where it's supposed to be and be the new trunk. Okay, good deal. Easy. What, what's Easy. the beetle? The, 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 you said the beetles to look for. What, what do I look yeah, for? Yeah, look for little toothpicks. I mean, there's nothing more closely than toothpicks is what you're looking for. They'll be about an inch long, sticking out of the trunk of the tree, up there high, where the dead part starts. That's where you'll see the Asian ambrosia beetle toothpicks. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Go on my web if you want to see and pictures of it, go on my website. Just type Asian ambrosia beetle or just type Asian. <laughs> Asian will get you there. And you can see examples on figs, maples, uh, dogwoods, crepe myrtles, just all sorts and, of plants. Get and there's directions there. on there how to get rid of those, too? Yeah, sure. Lots more detail on there. Great. Thanks for your help. You bet, Thomas. Thanks for calling. At 816, can we get, I don't think we better get anybody in here. Let's wait just a minute here and remind everybody that if you don't get your questions answered this morning, go to WalterReeves.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Pinterest, on Pinterest particularly. On Pinterest, I have nothing but pictures of weeds. You know, everybody else has crafts and dresses they like and all sorts of pictures on Pinterest. I've got weeds. If you go to Walter Reeves on Pinterest, you'll find all these pictures of weeds and links to how to control them. If you don't know what a weed is, go to my Pinterest account, look for the weed there. You'll find out what I think is the best way to control them. Right now it's 817. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need.
a lot of trouble in Itty Bitty Skirt. <laughs> I was just talking to Ashley in the break there about going to Virginia Highlands last week for a birthday dinner with a friend of mine. And all those beautiful millennials in little bitty skirts that look like a whole lot of trouble in Virginia Highlands, Atlanta. That's exactly what was going on there. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security Today. Sunny, high of 92 degrees, low overnight 68. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high of 92, low of 71. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. So it's News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Greg in Woodstock has been patiently waiting. Thank you for waiting so long, Greg. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Hey, Greg. What's up? So my dad lives with us, and he has bird feeders. I put out about 40 tomato plants this year, and I want you to guess how many I've gotten so far. Uh, <laughs> does it have a round uh, digit associated with it? <laughs> yeah. It's uh-huh. a single digit. It's one. Okay. Uh, one Talk to me. Plant, I mean, one, one tomato. It was not even ripe. I picked it half ripe just so I could at least get one. I think... Um, there seems to be a parade of chipmunks in the morning that come to the bird feeder. Yeah. The bird feeders between where the chipmunks come from and where the bird feeder is are all the tomatoes. So yeah. um, I, I'm pretty sure I've narrowed it down to chipmunks. My question is I want to get rid of them, but I don't want to put out traps that would harm them. I just want to maybe mm-hmm. catch and release or put out some kind of deterrent. Do you know the magical answer? Uh there's no deterrent, or first thing first, there's no repellent for chipmunks or squirrels, either one. And you could have one or both. If you have bird feeders, then certainly either one commonly around bird feeders. Number two, I have in years past talked about and still do to some extent do live trapping on squirrels and chipmunks. Last year, it was eight or nine, I think, total of <clears throat> the two of them that I took away. And one of my friends in the neighborhood did the same thing. And quite honestly, Greg, he went to the less humane way of controlling chipmunks and squirrels this year. And he's, I don't know how many he's gotten, but he has gotten tomatoes from his tomatoes for the first time in two or three years. So you get to make your choices in life, Greg. You either put a lot of work in your tomatoes and feed the squirrels and chipmunks, or you decide, well, you know, let's see what happens with a mousetrap or a rat trap more than likely is what my neighbor uses. Or you continue to try to live trap and move away to two, two or so miles away. It's your choice, Greg, but that's where you got. No repellents work. Well, I do have a, a compost pile nearby, and I've, I've seen some field rats that come into the compost pile. Do you sure. think they, they may be part of the problem as well? They, absolutely. Rats, squirrels, and chipmunks could all be part of the tomato problem. And I would more, if there are little tomatoes disappearing, it would be chipmunks. If it's big tomatoes you know, big as your fist or a little bit smaller maybe than that. Squirrels. Squirrels are easily able to drag them. And I have seen a squirrel dragging a half-eaten, half-ripe tomato along the path in my garden. And he was just dragging it. Couldn't lift it up with his neck, but he was sure dragging that tomato down the path. And what about netting? What, does netting actually work to, no. to try to No, they go right through it. I have another friend, another neighbor who had... One, two, three, four, five, six pretty, I mean, gorgeous tomatoes. They were easily three feet tall, Greg. And over the last two weeks, all of them but one have been taken away, have been chewed off down at the bottom. And she has a netting all around. She's put the netting up after the first tomato disappeared. And the uh, chipmunks or whoever it is, we haven't decided who's doing it, but somebody's chewing off one, two, three, four, five of her six tomatoes right at the ground level. I suspect chipmunks, maybe voles, but netting doesn't work either. All right, Walter. There you go. There are your choices, Greg. You decide. What are we going to do? Live, dead, 
or that's about it, or no tomatoes. That's your third choice. I guess there's one right there. It's 828. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836, 73 degrees outside of Hotwood coming up this afternoon, 92 in the forecast. But if you want to get your gardening done this morning and want to know what to do and what to do it, where to do it, I should say, you can call me at 404-872-0750. Or you can visit your friends at Pike Nursery, and that's what I do every Saturday morning when I visit with my friend Mickey Gasway at Pike. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. How good are morning, you? good morning, good morning. I am cool. It's inside, it's air-conditioned, and yesterday well, was really hot. I'm sitting on my back porch and it's just as cool. It feels like soft. 73 degree. Yeah, that'd be very nice on your back porch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mickey, you have to go to work later today. You're going to be on your porch all day. I'm going to be on my porch all day. I'm working (laughs) another day. I'm working some other days this week. I'm off today. So let's go to business. Let's talk about what is on sale for 20% off all pipe locations. What is our featured plant this weekend? It's Caladiums. What a great plant. Yeah, and this time of year, when some of the things are, you know, we get a little tired of the shade, these are just gorgeous. They're beautiful. And they don't so require flowers. Caladiums no, are all about don't. the foliage. They are awesome-looking, bright foliage. That is exactly right. They are so pretty, and I love the way they look with my hostas and ferns and um, impatiens. They look beautiful with those impatiens. They're, they're just a pretty plant. Mickey, it's my impression there are caladiums that sometimes some of them can stand full sun. Is that right? There are. There, there are some that can do the sun, but you just need to read on them and make sure it's so. One of the ways that I can usually tell is that to me the 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 leaf is shaped a little more different. It, it, it looks different than the others. I think it's and something. So if you see one. About the thickness of the leaf, too. The, the Both coleus and caladiums is when breeders started looking at the thickness of the leaf and breeding for thicker-leafed plants, that we got the coleus out of the shade. And I think the same for caladiums. They got out of the and shade, that, and not all of them require shade to grow. That's right. That's right. Just be sure to read on there and make sure. Or ask one of our hike uh, experts, and we'll be glad to tell you which ones will do in the sun and which will do in the shade. Me, Most of them do in the shade, though. Let me ask you another question. Do you okay. save caladium bulbs over the wintertime? Yes, I do. I know we've had this discussion before. And you've said you've and, done it, and I've said and I've did. never done it, never and been successful. It well, it works great. Last year, I said, well, I do it several years. I saved them and just had a million of them the next year. Well, I did it last year, and I forgot what I did with them. I looked everywhere for them, and about a week ago, I found them, and they didn't look very good. So yeah. I planted them this year, but usually I do. I just take them out and after. Usually I do it early because they're real cold sensitive, and so I usually do it uh, by the end of September. I'll get them up and I'll lay them out and let them dry for several days, and then I'll take the leaves off of them and put them in a paper bag, and usually some perlite or something like that. And uh, put them up somewhere where I know where they are. Uh, <laughs> not in the garage because our garage is a mess and I couldn't find them anywhere. But anyway, um, that's what you do with them. And then bring them out in what, April? Bring them out. 
And so you just put them in the paper bag. You don't put peat moss or newspaper or anything around them. And I put I, I put perlite. Okay. Last year, well, that's what it is. That must have been just what I had. The peat moss and newspaper. Don't put them in a plastic bag. I had somebody tell me they put them in a plastic bag. That that holds too much moisture. Yeah. And don't put them in the refrigerator. Yeah, the <laughs> wrong thing to ask a lady. Yeah. But they're, yeah, they're easy and they're so pretty. They're just beautiful. They just brighten up the bed so much. These are grown at the Pike Farm, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You can tell when you come to Pike, it's in the yellow um, um, pot. Yeah. The pike on it, it was grown. I think I'll, I believe, now I may be wrong with that, but I think all those were grown at the Pike. Everything was grown at the Pike Farm. They do a good job. They yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what about classes? Any classes coming up? Uh, we've got an orchid class coming up the first, first or second week in August. And it'll be at the the, the stores of the Peachtree City and Swanee and West Cobb and Lindbergh. And um, then we're having a new gardeners class, and I'm really excited about that. And that's going to be, I think, the third week in August, the 20th, something 21st, like that. 20th. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that in August. And I'm really excited about that because I love new gardeners. And, uh, uh, it's, I've been doing this class for a zillion years, and I've got customers 25 years ago that were new gardeners that are still coming in and, you know, <laughs> not new gardeners anymore, but it's still fun. And it's for transplanted gardeners. Yeah, of course, new, new Georgia gardeners. That's right. So if you want to get a deal on Caladia, one of the prettiest leafy foliage plants of the summertime today. Every Pike location, 20% off. All you have to do is take you know, load up your cart with all those pretty yellow pots, bring them to the cashier and say, this is the Pike pick of the weekend. Mickey just said it on the radio this morning. That's for today and tomorrow at all Pike locations. And then check out the schedule for the classes online. And Mickey Gasway, there you are in your porch. But where would we go if we're online to look for all the Pike locations around Atlanta? At PikeNursery.com. And I've got one more thing to oh, ask What is you. that? How much did y'all raise at the... Um, oh, man, oh, man. One point, was it 1.6 million? It was, yeah, a total of wow. I think 20 million in 18 years. Unbelievable oh. amount of money that came up this that weekend. Is, that is fantastic. WSB okay, well, I just missed, uh, I was thinking about that this morning. Yeah, okay. 1.6. It was great. Okay, thanks, have a great day. Thanks for calling, Mickey. Great talking to you. Sue is out in Dunwoody and joins us. Hey, Sue, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's going on? I have a problem with limelight. Uh, paniculatas. Yeah. I bought three beautiful plants three years ago. They're in nice sun. They grow beautifully, but every the panicles are huge, right. like a loaf of bread huge <laughs> and bigger. So, of course, yeah. about the fourth rain of the spring-summer, those panicles get so full of water that they bend towards the earth. Once the rain's over, they do not pop up. So I've got this ring, three rings out there. With uh, So next year, do I just start trimming, pruning back the the, uh, stems so that the whole bush is so much lower and the stems aren't so... Yeah, I think so. So that is the best way to keep them from flopping is to make sure the stems are real sturdy, 
and start, gosh, you can prune them, of course, most people prune them in the wintertime, limelight hydrangea. They prune them in, what, January, February, March, somewhere in there, usually January, February, I guess. And I think you could prune it down to about a foot to a foot and a half tall. All the stems, foot and a half tall. Wait until the end of March, April. I would go to middle April, I think, when you've got another foot of growth on it and just tip the ends of the of the stems at that point we have a foot of new growth on those um, old foot and a half tall stems so that tipping will again make it stockier sturdier uh -huh. and hopefully hold those big flower heads above the ground so the loaves of bread don't flop into yeah. the dirt around your limelight other than that all you can do is put the rings and the sticks around to hold them up out of the out of the off the ground okay all right thank, thank you very so uh, from the height of 12 feet when they are grown and putting on their big flowers, right. I'm going to have a bush six feet tall next year. Is that what I'm going to do in terms of trimming it back as the the stems grow? Are you sure you have a limelight, Sue? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I promise. Okay. I promise. 12 feet tall is really big for a limelight. It's it, not it, too big for other varieties of hydrangea, but limelight seems like it's a little big. I I promise you. <laughs> All right, limelight. I'll take your word for it. But yeah, prune them back in the in the winter time to a foot, foot and a half. Let's say for yours, it's so big. Foot and a half. Then wait for another foot of growth. Tip out all the new growth around the okay. where it's a foot long, and then see what happens then. Okay, I'll all do right. it. Thank you very much. Hey, let me know next year what it goes. Oh, on. you'll hear from I me think again. You'll be successful. Okay. Thanks for calling, Sue. It's great talking to you. We've got uh, do John up in coming, Georgia. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was calling about, I want to plant some trees in front of my house. Yeah. And I was, excuse me, I was thinking of maple, but a person that was doing my, you know, cutting up some weeds, he said, I only get about three uh, hours of morning sun. Right. And he said maples wouldn't do well there. Could you give me some suggestions? I love redbuds. Redbuds, to me, are just the prettiest tree. And the two that I like a lot, John, with color on them, one is the forest pansy. Forest pansy is a purple uh, redbud. And the other one that I planted this year and see all over Atlanta now is called Rising Sun Redbud. It's a lighter color, sort of lime green with yellow and orange uh, leaves on it, yellow and orange leaves with the green as well. Either one would be great, and you get the color. They would do fine, I think, in morning sun, forest pansy, or rising sun, redbud. The pansy, what is the first word there? You're, forest, uh, forest, like trees in the forest. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I think you'll like them. Forest pansy, redbud, or rising sun, redbud. Either one, knock your socks off. They're so, so pretty. Ray, is it with us in Marietta? Hey, Ray, good morning. Good morning, sir. What's going on, Ray? Hey, I have um, a fig tree that I've had for decades uh, that appears though was going to have a bumper crop. Yeah. And like overnight, it looks as though somebody sprayed it with Roundup. All the leaves are wilting. I mean, ah. all the leaves are wilting. Um, was wondering, uh, do I just cut it down and plant uh, a new one? Do or? a little detective work. I tell you the. Two things that I would suspect. When things, when a plant like yours, doesn't matter what plant it is, but if a plant just suddenly, all of a sudden, boom, dies, and all the leaves are drooping and wilted, and it looks like it's just on death's door, 
I'm thinking there's something seriously wrong at the base of the tree. Something has just cut off all the moisture going to the top of the tree. And for a fig, there's two things that could be going on. One would be voles, which voles are little mice that chew around the base of the tree sometimes, and they can girdle a tree pretty quickly, and a fig tree is pretty sweet, so the voles can chew around the base of the tree, little mice can. The other one is Asian ambrosia beetles, the beetles that get into the trunk of a tree, and they cut off the moisture going through the trunk, and all the leaves wilt down. It could be one of the two of those. For voles, you'll see if you go down to the bottom of the tree, look at the base right where it comes out of the ground, Ray, and there'll be just tooth marks all around the bark of the tree, tooth marks all the way around. If it is Asian ambrosia beetles, there'll be toothpicks coming out of the trunk. You see the little toothpicks about an inch long coming out of the trunk, five or 10 or 15 or 20 of those. One of those, I'll bet, is what's going on with the fig. Bowls or Asian ambrosia beetle, got to be one or the other. It's 848 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. My soul is going to be hot this afternoon. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Sunny this afternoon, high of 92 degrees, 68th low overnight. Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds, high of 92 again, low of 71. It's going to be a hot weekend, my friends. Stay inside, stay cool, do your gardening in the morning. And the full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Something that I announced to all my newsletter subscribers earlier this week, and now I'm announcing it on the radio, is the destination for our spring garden garden trip, garden tour, garden, whatever you want to call it, where a bunch of people who like seeing nature, not necessarily gardens all the time, we're going to do something that I've never even thought I would do, but we're going to do it this coming spring. We're going to Cambodia and Vietnam. We're going to see jungles. We're going to see temples. We're going to see the river life. We're going to Saigon. We're going to the Angkor Wat Temple Place. I have never thought I'd even ever be able to go here. But the tour company that I work with, Earthbound Expeditions, says we have a riverboat reserved for us to go up and down, well, mostly down, the Mekong River. And we'll get to see all these neat green things, get to learn about the culture of the people. And I am so curious about how a country that we used to be mortal enemies with during the 1960s we were trying to kill each other in the 1960s. They sacrificed millions of people. We sacrificed tens of thousands of Americans. But now we're a valued trading partner. What are we going to do about that? We've already got 18 people on the list. We can take 30. If you would like more details, go to earthboundexpeditions.com. I think I'll have the page on my website later this afternoon, earthboundexpeditions.com. If you didn't get your question answered today, of course, go to my website, WalterReeves.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter and get first news about things and trips that are going on and see all the details about it. Follow me on Facebook and on Twitter, on Pinterest as well. Ashley Frasca has done a great job this morning screening calls, answering calls off the air. And the best garden music in America, my friends, comes from our friend Jason Byers right here, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Little Japanese girls going whoop, 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 whoop all over the radio. To listen to the Garden Show for music and garden advice. 
Dave Baker is here. The Home Facing Show is straight ahead. My friends, I will see you right here at 6 a.m. next Saturday morning to 9 a.m. next Saturday for another edition of Lawn and Garden. I'll see you then.